I'm, I'm going to start you off in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and, and verse 1. And, and then also we're going to go to Isaiah uh, chapter 26 after we get finished with uh, this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, as uh, we're looking at a revival coming up, and I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I'm excited about it. But on the other hand, uh, with knowing Dr. Harper, I know he'll preach the word, but I also know that we're in a day which the whole world lies in wickedness. Now, to me, it's kind of interesting. We, uh, Janice and I, we were uh, home. We were watching one of those intellectual programs, uh, and Andy and Barney were in a fix. <laughs> but uh, they go to a commercial break, and there are glad bags with drag queens in their advertisement. So I told her, we don't buy any more Glad products, okay? And, and, and I believe that, you know, uh, there's plenty of other products that, that make bags that I don't have to buy theirs that is promoting that. But on the other hand, I learned something from it too. Because when I went to elementary school back in the, or never mind what, <clears throat> but when I went to elementary school back then, they're teaching us personal pronouns, he, she, it. You remember that? You know, growing up in that. And, and so we got that all the time, had to say it just about every day. What are the personal pronouns, you know? And um, so after a while, you repeat enough times, you hear it. Now, for me, it was absolutely no problem to know what he was and what a she is. But until I saw that commercial, I didn't know what an it was. <laughs> now I know, okay. All right, so uh, I think that's about it. Okay, let's go into, let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get started into our text today. Father, thank you for the opportunity to delve into your word today. And Lord, I pray that you'd make it clear and understandable to everyone. I pray that thy very Holy Spirit would be the one speaking to the heart, not me. And I pray thy Holy Spirit would drive this message home in each person's heart and mind. And they'll be able to retain it, and it'll help them. If there, again, if there's one that's not saved, if there's one that doesn't know if they died today, that heaven's their home. May today be the day they come to know Christ as Savior in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, starting off here in verse 1 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we read this. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop there a moment and say this. That phrase establishes a context for this. He's beseeching us. He's strongly urging us here, okay? So, he's saying by the Lord, coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we see the next phrase really kind of helps us uh, see the context even more clearly. That is the rapture. Because that is seen in the phrase, and our gathering together unto him. So the coming and the gathering, that's talking about the rapture. That ye be not soon shaken in your mind or be troubled either by spirit. Remember, Satan is a spirit of deception. He's the father of deceit. His devils deceive. So don't be deceived by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, 
Now you have spirit, you have word, you have letter, things that can sound logical in many ways, whether it's a spirit putting a thought in your mind or somebody's word or some letter that is written, and, and it'll kind of grab a hold of your mind. But uh, really, we know that uh, in all three of these things, the devil is able to work, he's able to move, he's able to deceive. So, for Christians, we find that even other Christians, because they're deceived, they can deceive you. How, how many times did I hear, if you change these standards, then just think of the souls that we'll reach. But I kind of think about the God whom I will offend. Because every, every move must be measured by the Word of God, and the Word of God says, Be ye holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the coming of the Lord, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, reasonable service. And so in our bodies, in our life, in every way, we're to be holy. And so you measure everything. I don't care, just like I, I use a glad bags example. Uh, some use other examples of other things. I mean, uh, I'm against alcohol. But I got to go to a grocery store and I'm going to sell alcohol. But that doesn't mean I have to walk up and down that aisle. Doesn't mean that I have to try to buy something out of that aisle. Okay, that's it. But you know, if I don't have to go someplace, then I'm not going to go there. But I am saying this also, that that can apply to so many other things in life. Well, it's so much good. It's so much this. You know, yeah, I know those bad things, those good things. Well, the question is, is it holy to the Lord? And is it, is it acceptable? And how will this increase your holiness in Christ? So, really, there's questions that uh, come by them uh, from the Word of God that we really need to consider. And so, uh, don't be deceived even by the language of other Christians and things that they say, because the devil is a deceiver. And sometimes Christians are saying things, and they are unaware, because Satan is so subtle, that in what they're saying, they think they're right, but they don't have the Word of God and the holiness of God to back it up. Now, as that day of Christ, he goes on, as we're seeing here now, as that day is at hand. Now, you can be deceived and made afraid. Now, that's happened back in their day. A lot of people thought it was at hand right then. Now, Christ could have come back at any time since he arose into heaven. But he didn't tell us when. So we don't know exactly when he's coming back, but we do know he's coming back, and he could come back at any time. He could come back before this service is over. He could come back. That is, call out his people that are saved to meet the Lord in the air, the dead in Christ rising first, and we which are alive caught up together with them. So we know that by the word of God. And the devil will try to work through Christians to deceive. 
so that we become such that when we do take a stand on these things that he's deceived us with, and then we're caught with it, we're humiliated, and we're blaming the church, we're blaming the pastor, we're blaming some youth director, we're blaming somebody else, when really, you're supposed to have a personal relationship with the Lord that keeps you from those things. That's why we have, and listen to this phrase, the preserved Word of God. Okay, it is preserved. It is preserved uh, right for us in the King James Bible. Okay, and you say, well, why the King James? Why not some other Bible? Well, King James comes from the Texas Receptus, Masoretic text. The other Bibles don't. Now, they'll use parts of it, but they won't use all of it. Why? Well, we've established doctrines that it doesn't agree. They're admitting their doctrine is wrong by the Word of God, whether they realize that or not. But our responsibility is to be in the Word of God daily, asking God to teach it to you so you know it and that you understand it. Um, he goes on in the next verse, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Now, the Greek word for uh, falling away is a word that you've heard Pastors say, I don't know if it makes it sound intelligent or not, but apostasia, that's the word. And it's translated here, a falling away. But many uh, interpret it in different ways. The falling away from the doctrines of the Word of God, falling away from the faith of God's Word. So he says there's coming a falling away. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That is speaking of the Antichrist. And apostasies have been going on down through the church age. Why are all seven churches not in existence that were, that were in uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3? They were strong churches. They went down, they went down, and they went down. Why? Because they turned to the world. They turned to other ways. They turned from the Word of God. They turned from the truth. And that was an apostasy. They apostatized. They went another direction. Well, God doesn't maintain a church that does that. That's the trouble that you see throughout the United States of America today, as well as in other countries that have had this. So we need to understand that. And so, uh, we ought to stay true to the faith, to the Word of God. So again, many do lead the faith, but there is the Holy Spirit. Now, this word falling away, apostasia, I'm going to say something, don't you hate it when you're always using Greek language? Because you can't argue with them if you don't know it. But do you know this? The Greek language of the Bible, even Greeks don't speak it today. They don't. We call it, uh, it's called uh, koine. Koine, boy, does that sound important? Koine Greek. Now, you can say it that way, 
but actually it's just the Greek that was the New Testament Greek in which the Bible was originally written, or the New Testament was originally written. Okay, so it's Kone, which uh, our King James uses that, and so it's translated that way, but not always in classical Greek. Classical Greek has its own way of a, uh, translating things into our English because it's not the same Greek. But the word itself, apostasia, means to depart from. To depart from. And as we said, the seven churches did that. Throughout the Old Testament, you see in Israel doing that. They get in trouble. God chastens them. They repent. They go back. Then, after a while, they get in trouble again. They go same ways, same wrong ways. They get called back. They go through all those things of the chastening of God. And they come back and things are good until they get comfortable and they turn and go the other way again instead of doing God's will that His way. Now, there's one thing that I need to point out about this particular passage. In the Greek, it's one letter. It looks like just one letter. So how do you get anything out of just one little letter? Well, that one little letter actually stands for the, the. So the the is a specific event then that's being shown to us. All right, there is a specific thing that's happening here in this uh, particular passage. So it is used in that specific event. Therefore, it's not just going away from true doctrine. It's an event. The falling away with that Greek definite article, that one letter, that definite article is the church we being called out. Why? Because it's falling away. Well, you say, well, wait a minute. Does the Bible say we're caught up to be at the Lord? Yeah. But we're going to read the further here and see something else about that. So, the church, having fallen away from the faith, boy, that's, that's it. That shows it. No. Just as the church that at Ephesus that left their first love. It ended in problems. Those are gradual movements, like Calvinism. It started in the 1500s. It's still going today, but it moved gradually, and it's had its upgrowth and its downgrowth, its downfall, up, down, up, down. That's Calvinism. And so, that has gone like that, and it's had a gradual growing, and it's had a gradual falling away, but it's not, neither one are continuous. They don't get just one and stick with it. So the definite Greek article shows that this is an event, an event that happens. So it shows the departure is the rapture. We see it's not only departing from the faith, and by the way, now before somebody sees me after church, I believe that people, that church is going to depart from faith. I do too. Why? Because it's been going on through the church age. Yeah. I think before Christ comes, a lot will have departed from it. 
But I think that the word here, because it does have a definite article in the Greek, is showing us <clears throat> that this is talking about the rapture, that falling away, that's caught up to be with the Lord. And so the departing from the faith, if that's what it was, if that's only what it is, what does it say? It says that by that, departing from the faith, who then is the Antichrist? Because the Bible also tells us he's not going to be revealed until after that departure, if it's the rapture, if it's the falling away. If the falling away is just going from the faith, that's when it happens, then we should know who the Antichrist is today, just using the Scripture. Well, we know better. We know better because when you look at the Bible as a whole, we know that the departure is being caught up to be with the Lord. But still we kind of wonder, well, yeah, but I have an understanding. Uh, I have a problem with it. He says, for the, uh, verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Who is he that letteth? Who is he that restrains the, the Antichrist from uh, coming on the scene? Who is he that restrains the devil from uh, just turning this world the way he will turn it through an Antichrist in the tribulation? Yeah, the Holy Spirit, that's right. The Holy Spirit keeps that from happening. The Holy Spirit, taken out of the way, means when he is told by the Father, by Jesus Christ, really, to be caught up, to go up, he takes us with him up there. He takes us with him. That's the rapture. That is the rapture. Because there's been so much over the past 2,000 years of churches since they were first established of falling away, falling away, going out of existence, and yet no Antichrist showed up. You see. <clears throat> then verse 8, And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's at the end of the tribulation. The end of the tribulation, that Antichrist and the false prophet, according to Revelation chapter 19, are cast into that eternal lake of fire. That's where they will stay. And so, at his coming, no one knows who the Antichrist is today. So don't try to guess because he's not going to be revealed till after the rapture. But if you're not saved and you don't get saved after the rapture, then you'll get to know who he is and you won't want to. You won't want to. <clears throat> Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So, we know who empowers him. It's Satan. Satan does all those. Satan's behind it, and Satan wants, still wants the world to worship him, not God. So, this is Antichrist when he gets his leader. Uh, <clears throat> I'm one of those that believe, and I think several others do as well, that 
when there was a Hitler, when there's a Mussolini, and in ages past we heard of these great uh, men that killed millions and millions of people and all this just in their reigns of terror. Satan doesn't know the day or the hour. So I think he's always had a man ready just in case. I think he gets one, and when it seems that's not going to happen, I think that's when he abandoned Hitler. When it wasn't going to happen, they were abandoned. So, he uses lying wonders. Lying wonders are miracles that are used to deceive, to prove one's self to others. You see that in Egypt. Moses casts down that rod and it turns into a serpent. Well, the Egyptian priests also cast their rods down and they turn into serpents. But after a while, God says, okay, I'm done messing with them. Now whatever they try to do that Moses do, does, they can't do it. And they say, this is the hand of God. Now they wouldn't have said anything about God until then. When they realized what was working against them. So, verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. But... They would not do it. They wanted to have their fun. Man, if I get saved, I've got to give this up, give that. You know what? You know how much being there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night interferes with my life? Yeah. It does. It's one of those things that the Lord has provided for you not to live in sin and to lose reward and to go down as a Christian and end up seeing your family go to hell. That's, the Lord has made the local church for us today to be faithful and not to abandon it because it interferes with things. And I think I said last week or sometime ago, I said, if we have <clears throat> Super Bowl, your favorite team's playing in the national championship and it's on Sunday night, you're not going to be here. Well, look, he said, well, I can go back and listen to the church service after the Game? Yeah, you can. You can also go back and listen to the game. So, you know, don't use ignorant excuses because they don't say good things about you. So, so don't use those kind of excuses. And so, it says, and for this cause, verse 11, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now remember the context, going back to the rapture at the beginning of this uh, passage, and then we went on to this part, and we see the falling away, which I believe, which it means departure. It could be departure from the faith, but it also could be departure from this earth, and when we see the Holy Spirit's involvement, it's departure because when he who now letteth, then he's taken out of the way. That means he's taken them all up. You're left behind. You heard the gospel. You had an opportunity to be saved and you didn't take it. Although you knew after hearing the gospel, hey, I may not be saved if I die and I might go to hell. I'm not going to do that now. I'll take care of it before I die. And you may not have a chance 
to take care of it when, before you die. That death may be sudden. But on the other hand, that righteousness, he says, again, let me read that. God shall send them strong delusion. They shall believe the lie that they might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words, I don't want God messing my fun up. They heard the way and they would not have anything to do it, although they realized they may go to hell. See, what it's saying here, those that heard it, the rapture takes place and you're left behind. There's not a chance for you to get saved. Now, there's people who can get saved during the tribulation. I believe that. The Bible teaches that. But not the ones that heard it, were under conviction, knew it, knew that they're not saved. They questioned whether they were saved or not. They didn't take care of it. He's going to be left behind, and then he's going to send you to strong delusion because his lying wonder is going to convince you Satan can do this. I wonder if in Revelation chapter 13, when he's cursing God and those that dwell in heaven, and the earth sees that not everything happens to him immediately, that they think, hey, this is greater than God. You see, Satan is a deceiver. They will find out the difference. And so, after the rapture, you're left behind. You're in trouble. <clears throat> now, what must you do? First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 there's not 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, verses 9 and 10. We're told they turn from idols. Idols. Sometimes yourself is your idol. You, you see, you hear about all these uh, cosmetic uh, surgeries where it's not that they needed surgery for their health, they needed surgery for their vanity. Okay, there's a difference. Or <clears throat> it might be something else. It goes along there. They, they just like this thing. They like this other thing. And, and so they're, they're into that. And their flesh wants something else instead of God. That's an idol. Anything, like we mentioned the ball game a little while ago, the championship game or anything else that you'll put ahead of God and what you're supposed to do is an idol. I don't agree with that. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God. Idols are anything that you will put before God. Anything that you'll put before God. <clears throat> Let me Now, parents, you're going to get mad at me, but it's all right. I don't live at your house. Take it out on your spouse. Um, not really, okay. Uh, but you have children in the Little League. When I was that age, we won't say when that was, but when I was that age, you didn't have Little League games on Sunday or Wednesday nights. Okay? And it's too bad, well, our children, we made a commitment. And don't you think a Christian should keep their commitment? Yeah. Uh, are you saved? Yeah. Well, you made a commitment to Christ. Now, which commitment are you going to keep? God's or the devil's? Well, I don't agree with that. 
No, I don't expect you would. Don't expect you would. Now, folks, I was hoping to get Isaiah 26, and that is next. But it's time for me to try to close this up and bring this to a point. Now, listen. Now, listen closely. I'm just taking the scriptures to show you. There's a rapture. We've, we've hit that a few times now over these few weeks. There is a rapture coming. It's in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. It's going to happen. Now, are you 100% sure if that happens that you'd be caught up to, to be with the Lord? Because if you're not, you're not sure that if you die today that heaven's your home, then my friend, I would not play Russian roulette with my soul if I was you. I would seek God and get it right and get it right today, right now. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. I remember, I don't hear this so much anymore, but I remember hearing it as a teenager in early 20s. I remember people saying, if I get saved, I've got to give up this, got to give up that, got to give up this, got to give up that. As if giving those things up got you saved. Well, <clears throat> they didn't know any better, but they knew that that was part of it because Christians had standards in those days. They didn't have preachers that were telling them, oh, don't believe that, it's all right, go ahead and do those things. Go ahead and social drink. Yeah, it's all right, now it's going to be social drugs. Yeah, it's all right, you know, this, this thing and that other thing you're doing. No, no it's, it's okay. Well, let me tell you something. It's not okay. But they thought back then, that's what Christians do. They knew there was a difference. No, quitting those things don't save you. It's the blood of Jesus Christ through your repentance and faith in Him that saves you, turning from idols unto the living God. As I use so often the illustration, you get married, you're turning from, you're turning from all those you dated, but you're turning to in a life commitment to that one person. Well, that's what you're doing when you come to Christ. You're turning to Him in a life commitment. Let Him show you what should be in your life and should not be in your life. And you'll find it every time in the Word of God because it is there. It's got the principles and everything else, the ethics, the truth. It's there for you. It's preserved for you. So again, turn to Christ and He'll save you. Well, let me just add one other thing here. You're a Christian. <clears throat> 1 John 2.28 says about saved people, it's not talking about unsaved, to save people, they're going to either be ashamed or have confidence at His appearing. Not confidence that they'll be in heaven. Even the ones ashamed had the confidence they're going to be in heaven, but the confidence about reward, the confidence of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because they lived a life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't say they became a missionary, a foreign missionary. I didn't say they became a pastor. I'm say, saying they gave their life to the Lord and let Him do it. So I'm going to say this and summing it up. We're getting ready to start a revival. 
revive, bring back to life. See, some haven't been vibed, let alone revived. You see, when you're born into this world, you're born with a dead spirit. What does death mean? Separation, separated from God. When your body dies, your spirit will separate from this body. It'll either go to heaven or to go to hell. But it's going to be in one of those two places, depending on whether or not you're saved. But you're born, headed for hell, until you receive Christ as your Savior. And so, then you have life. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, John 1, 4 says. Light. Light. But as a Christian, you're so worldly-minded, you're no heavenly good. You know, I've, I've heard people say over the years, they're so heavenly-minded, they're no worldly good. That's the best testimony I can have. I want my testimony to be, he's so heavenly minded. He's not going to support anything of the world. Okay? Now what about you? Is Christ first in your life or is that just a statement? Is he your all in all? You see, when I say revived, some used to sing in the choir, now they don't sing in the choir anymore. Some used to, well, I don't like the way the songs they sang. They may not like the way you sing, but get in there anyway. I mean, if you want to judge the choir, then we'll judge you. Now, both of us would be wrong for judging. But what I'm saying is, you used to do that. You used to teach a Sunday school class. You used to go on visitation. You used to work on a bus. You used to do all these things, and you're not doing the, any of that anymore. You need revived. Why would we shake our head at the world going so nasty and so evil, so wrong, but we aren't participating in trying to change that direction. I don't expect people to get saved if we don't witness. Today you have marketing programs. These marketing programs say, hey, if you'll do this, it'll increase. Hey, change your advertising just this way. Don't say this about fundamental. Don't say this about old-fashioned. Don't say this about King James. Don't say this about whatever. <clears throat> I'm not depending on marketing to get us to heaven. I'm not talking, thinking about marketing to make people want us. <clears throat> Jesus didn't say, go ye therefore into all the world and market. He said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, teach it to them. That's what he said to do. And we are failing, and we're thinking that man's design is the better way to do it than what Jesus told us to do it. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't go with man's design. Instead, he takes the marketing and corrupts it even a little bit more, and then he ends up corrupting the local church. So why not do it God's will, God's way, God's timing? And the time is now. The time is now. Get in the Word. Find what God wants you to do. And do it, do it, do it, do it, until you die, do it. Because that's the way you want to enter heaven. Will you do it? Let's bow our heads, please.